You're listening to As Read By Me, the podcast where writers read and readers listen. Hi, I'm Prey Genovese, and this is The Rent Uprising, As Read By Me. Riley was on the lawn nudging anthills when his harness pulled taut. The stake, attached to his leash, quivered. Like a threatened caterpillar, my sister's baby boy thrust his torso out to beckon at the street at a U-Haul. The stake throttled around in the dirt. I stamped it with my foot. I'd be a very poor babysitter if I let the street come to him. The U-Haul rumble engulfed the cicada rattle. Riley tottered back, and the tight leash exhaled. The truck roared down to the end of the block. We watched the loud family come out with their boxes and tall lamps and walk up into the truck. Then they were gone. Cumulus clouds poured in after them. A for-rent sign plunged into the grass. I smiled at Riley. It was two o'clock, and another hour... My sister Mary would fill the door. I grabbed my plotting novel. Flecks of the book's binding shed on the kitchen table. I walked outside and saw a block except my sister's car. Oh, I said. I wriggled Riley from his harness. My pocket's tight seam tugged the loose skin around my knuckles. I stuffed the leash inside. I kept it in a plastic bag behind the fridge. Hi, I said. How was class? Hi, said Mary. Riley, a little leash-cramped, stretched his arms toward her. She scooped him up. Hello, my sweet, she said. Then she looked at me. Class was okay. She cradled him and gazed out the window. Can I make you a drink? I asked. Please. I made two vodka cranberries for us, and we sat down at the kitchen table. We were talking about classical music, she said, and someone would not let go the fact that the professor asked where classical music came from, and we said Europe. We all agreed Europe. And there was a guy who would not let go the fact that Africa had music too. He said, you all know music comes from Africa, right? He would not let it go. I sighed. She hugged Riley. When his arm reached for her, his little sleeve rolled up. In one terrible moment, I saw the leash mark. I swallowed a gasp and said something about how happy he looked. How was he today? she asked. Oh, he he was fine. It was hot. We spent most of the day inside. We'd just come outside, actually, when you pulled in. Saw another moving truck out there. Another one? she said. You must have found the highest turnover block. Mary would have noticed the leash marks then, I'm sure, but Riley tried to pull her sunglasses into his mouth. The glasses had left prints on her nose's bridge. Riley tried batting her glasses into her cheek. Hopefully, said my sister, managing him, we won't have as many problems with the new people moving in. Toward me, Mary felt a fine-grained jealousy, which she would call my freedom, seasoned her vision. Imagine. She thinks me having to survive, job to job, unpacking my shit from place to place is freedom. I've moved around for sure, and Mary once said that that revealed the walls in her life. But I know that having me watch Riley while she goes to community college during the day, and then to her campus library jobs liberating for her. 
I do feel ridiculous walking him around with a leash sometimes, but neighbors need to see. I have to keep my neighborhood safe. Once when she was driving home from campus, she told me what could go wrong. She thought he'd get shot, or that a rabid dog could bite his ear off, that the people who stand around on my corner near the bar would do something. One Saturday morning, when she was out with him, she saw them catcall me. At least, we both agreed they were, later. And now Mary fears it won't be long before Riley can make that liquid connection, that that's how men can talk to women. I admit, I felt the fear when I first moved in, the broken glass sidewalks, the attics, and the homeless. But thanks to Riley, I can do something about it. Ants swarm the sidewalk in a loose circle the size of a half dollar. Riley was like a small dog behind me. A full black garbage bag rolled over, clenched its stomach, and birthed a tabby kitten. The kitten skittered away. Riley, I said, come. I have to settle on a method of massaging the red marks out from Riley's arms and neck. All this effort when all we want's a safe block. We felt the eyes watching us from their porches, could hear their shouts. On top of everything, they declined to want to play with him. I didn't want to ask what they did all day. Jobs running, unfulfilled, so many cracked phone screens, so many cars pulling up for drugs. Once one of them had the nerve to look at Riley and say that, years ago, it would be a little black slave on that leash. Still, I smiled. They'll all be gone soon. Another house passed us. The man and woman Riley looked at longingly. Where do you want this? The man asked the woman. I could only see a picture frame's back. Throw it in the trash, I said to myself. Then I kept riffing. Did I mention his name is Riley? He'll be getting into Springside Chestnut Hill Academy next month when he's ready. He'll really be something. Not like you. Then I started getting depressed, thinking about my own faults, and stopped. Not like me, either. I had been sitting with Riley on the porch. I was letting my novel sharpen when I noticed a moving truck with an open door at the block's end. A powder blue mattress in a clear bag leaned inside. Mary wouldn't be released from the job for hours, so I left Riley leashed and walked toward the hazard lights. People leaned from porches. The sun stretched into the road with so many cars gone for the day. Two boxes blocked their upper halves, but I could tell they were students or artists. Can I help you with anything? I called. The man and woman glanced at each other. The man combed his glasses up onto his forehead. Sweat shone through his floppy hair. We'll be okay, he said. Thank you. He introduced himself as Lucas, his wife, was Rachel. Sarah, I said. You live at the end of the block, right? You were one of the first people we saw. You and... Is that your son? I let the silence linger before I said no. We could see Riley doing his half-caterpillar. It's alarming when you first see him there arriving. Rachel said, Such good public transit around here, and you're so close to everything. Lucas said, Yeah, it's amazing that nobody knows about it. Thank you, I said. Down the block, I heard someone cough into wind chimes. Riley, I said, we should go inside. It's starting to rain. I noticed it was getting colder the day before it all crashed down. Soon enough, I could stop bringing Riley out on the leash. What I didn't tell Lucas and Rachel is that I'd seen them on walks before they moved in. I made sure to see them so they could see Riley 
the white baby. I was walking Riley and stopped to talk to Rachel about the new period piece on Netflix when I heard a familiar engine. I looked to see Mary's windshield wipers flapping off sweat. Rachel waved behind me. The leash tugged at my palm's fleshy part. I froze. Riley wailed. What's up? said Mary. I gathered the capacity to turn to see her standing there with her bag. She was glaring down at her son cased in a coral red dog's leash. Is this how... is this how you've been taking him out? she said. Neither Rachel nor I said anything. Mary bent down, tried to take off the leash like it was a tough jar lid. Rachel said, you didn't know this was going on? I, I mentioned we'd go out together, I said. Not on a leash, said Mary. When I didn't say anything, she said, I don't know what to say. I feel like I've been taken advantage of. Put that in the active voice, I tried to joke. You've been taking advantage of me. I'll go, said Rachel, and I nodded, and Mary and I and Riley paced back to the house in silence. I made the mistake of walking in first. The whole time I felt her heated march behind me. In the kitchen, she said, I knew you were doing something with him. You were using him. Just how was I using him? As some fucking prop, she said. No, I said, I can't predict what happens with who moves in. I just had to get out, get some fresh air. You know who I get. Is that right? Yes. What if I never let you watch him again, she said. Do you think you'd be doing me a favor? I'd be doing him a favor, she said. I'm doing you a favor, I said. She didn't say anything. I went in deeper. You're benefiting more than you know. I benefit? When he could cut his hand off on all the, all the broken glass? When a rabid dog comes around and bites him? Bites his ear off? I felt a push on my forearm, and then my shoulder. My head thudded into the fridge. Stop, I shouted. Stop. Strands of my hair stuck to a beige calendar magnet on the fridge. Then were on the kitchen floor. I smelled dirt, so my head must have been near her shoes. I felt a gritty sting. She kicked my cheek. I clambered up her rough jeans, passed her belt buckle's slickness to her back and tugged her hair, tried to scratch her, scratched her collar. Then my mouth found her earlobe and I tongued it between my teeth and then I bit. It felt like a dumpling's coarse edge. Now there was blood on the back of her neck. I spit skin under the fridge. She curled into a ball and finally let me be. I've come so far now. I squeezed the lotion to soften the straps of red skin. A compact rainstorm moved in, followed by my sister's car. Broad brushstrokes of rain revealed it from the side. I wondered about my free time, if I'm using it in the right way, or if all the minutes wasted on a bad novel or a TV tunnel trudged through will be flapping leather wings over my hospital bed in the end. I grabbed the novel, almost finished, Leash in pocket, a spider web glistened between the porch columns. How was class? I asked Mary. She still wasn't talking to me. Hi, Sarah. I heard my name. It was Lucas and Rachel, or Steve and Jennifer. I've come to forget their names. There's been so many. Lucas stood on our steps. The railing supported him. He said he was a graphic designer contracted for Comcast. These houses are gems, he said. I'm surprised more people don't live out here. Mary asked, What drew you to the neighborhood? I don't see that many, that many young people moving here. 
I looked at the new young woman, felt my spirit chained to how she'd respond. Well, it's affordable, number one, she said. I sighed relief. Seeing Riley was what she did not say, but Mary had, I know she had, realized that the leash was ultimately a benefit. The neighborhood was a better place now. Mary asked them a question about how they met. A car drove by, blaring rap. They're playing my song, said Rachel through a frown. We all tried to chuckle. It's not even music, said Mary, in my direction. Riley fidgeted near Mary's shoulder, building an invisible cat's cradle. That was the first time she'd acknowledged me since our scrape-up. At first we were worried he'd go for the ladybug band-aid on her ear. We've had another family move in, and Rachel and Lucas have mentioned we'll be getting a real restaurant soon. A real restaurant, I said. I shouted across the street to the new family through my microphone hands. Thanks for joining us. If you're listening on a podcast app, please hit the subscribe button to be notified when we release future episodes. For more information about the podcast and the authors, visit asreadbyme.com. You can also find us on Twitter, and you can stream video versions of the show on YouTube and Rumble. If you're enjoying the show and would like to help us keep it ad-free, please consider supporting us by visiting asreadbyme.com and clicking the donate button. If you're a writer and would like to read something on an upcoming episode, send an email to writers at asreadbyme.com.